I like Ike. What's Ike? President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Oh. Okay. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 117, Night of the Comet by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and Aaron Allen, directed by Gabriel Coria. The final episode. The final episode. Of the season. Until the last season. This remarkable season. But before we start talking about the final episode of this season, oh. I checked up on the final episode of the previous season. Oh. Uh, if you will recall, we spent a lot of time uh, this time last season talking about how season five's finale really was laying the foundation for what we thought season six would be. Oh. There was a lot of attention put toward just waving a big flag for every character. Here's what they're going to be about. Here's what they're going to be doing. Okay. So I thought I'd check in and see how that went. <laughs> how did that go? Uh, well, Jughead and Tabitha were going to move in together. Okay. Also, Pop Tate would unretire and start working at the chocolate shop again. Called it. Because he had to donate his whole retirement savings to, to fixing the place up after it was bombed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Archie was going to reopen Andrew's construction. Yeah. He just so he could close it again uh, via strike action. But he did. He did do it. He did it. That episode had Betty graduating to an actual FBI agent and being given the FBI satellite office in order to catch TBK. Oh my god, that was only then, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She wasn't an FBI very long. <laughs> For some period of the seven-year time skip was her cadethood. She she was a cadet much longer than she was an uh, actual accredited agent huh fangs and tony set themselves to like reinvigorating the serpents and and figuring out what a a a real serpent is yeah social activist what the fuck except no except no because there is a lot of debate about what that means through the show unclear wishy-washy debate but in the end Fangs won out that serpents are armed and dangerous dudes who who participate in rumbles. Yes, thank God. We, because that social activist thing was <laughs> It took to awful. episode 21 to finally figure out what the serpents are going to be and then let them be that. Yes. <laughs> right under the wire, but they did it. They did it. But then... The big failure, I'm surprised only one of these didn't actually work out, is of course Kevin going to Broadway and pursuing his dreams. He was like gonna. (laughs) He was gonna. Like twice. (laughs) They they hate Kevin. They hate Kevin. They hate Kevin so much, they have to bring a sorcerer in (laughs) to make sure Kevin has a shit time. So there's your report card, you know? B plus, I guess, uh, uh, for for achieving those oh, goals. I feel like A minus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kevin is worth seven percent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this episode, though, this episode, uh, uh, Night of the Comet begins with Jughead just giving it to us straight. It's not every day you learn you're at ground zero of an extinction level event. And they got eighteen hours left before the comet obliterates Riverdale, Mm -hmm. and what they found out 
is that they can't escape. No, because there is a big, powerful, invisible, magical barrier all around town. Magical dome! The the serpents have been joyriding around all all the roads and highways until they run into this this blue, woobly visual effect. <laughs> yes. The thing is, is things can come in, but things can't leave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As they watch, like, a car drive into Riverdale. So every visitor, every passer through is just signing their own death warrant, unaware that that's what they're doing. Yes. I mean, the, the sign says Riverdale. It couldn't be any more clear. This I don't know. This is true. You think they would take the long way around. Like, the town, the town's got some history. Um, All the way back to its founding days. <laughs> um, and the thing is... Jughead, his portals are also affected by this. He can only create portals now within the town limits. Mm -hmm. He can no longer even do it to other universes. And Tabitha can't time travel before the barrier or anything like that. And the spell is keeping the entire world ignorant. Nobody else with a telescope can see that this comet is about to obliterate them. Apparently, it's making everyone else in the world think that it's just going to fly by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they aren't summoning Bruce Willis or Elijah Wood or anyone else you would call in the 90s if this sort of thing happened. <laughs> I mean, Elijah Wood didn't really do much. He just sort of rode he, his bike near a bunker. And he ran really fast up a hill. <laughs> dragging, what's her name, who is carrying a baby. Me, Mila, Mila, Mia. Kunis. No. Servino. Yes. Oh, okay. Her. Her. <laughs> she was in it. I'm not a big deep impact guy. <laughs> I was. I, really, I watched that movie so many times. Not as many times as Armageddon, but <laughs> like a lot. Now, Armageddon, that's where I'm at. Armageddon's like a perfect fucking movie. I the- love that movie. If it's on, If it was on TV, I will stop and watch it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everyone is just talking about this in a living room. Yes. Throwing out th- this uh, a little bit of square one exposition. And Kevin just is starting to freak the fuck out. Yes. He's like, wait, like, why isn't the government trying to shoot this down? Why isn't anyone trying to help us? Like, what? It's a comet and it's coming and we're all going to die. The only plans we have are to stick Big Anthony. They, yes. They listen. They listen. Stick Big Anthony down in the sex hole. With Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because both of them can't die. So they'll have an even better chance of not dying in the sex hole. And I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe you should sit the people who can die down in the sex hole because they can die. Archie can survive a lot, but I do think he'd be better off not getting a comet to the face. And here's the thing. This town, <laughs> this is an old town. Why aren't they preparing the numerous fallout shelters that mm. definitely exist in this town? Because Mayor Hiram Lodge had them all sealed up because he was afraid that people would use them to dig for their own palladium. Oh, God damn it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes too much sense. <laughs> Archie is all like, but, like, Percival's a sorcerer. This is a spell. We've got to be able to break the spell. And Cheryl and Heather are like, <laughs> but I mean, we'll make some calls. We'll see what we can figure out. Like, technically, yes, but he's really fucking good at this shit. <laughs> Archie decides, his big idea is that he's going to go to the mine mm-hmm. and dig. 
Yes. Because if they dig far enough, they can get under the magical barrier keeping them within the town. <laughs> As though Percival's sorceryness wouldn't think, oh, let me have that barrier also go underground. But only like three feet underground. What are the odds? Come on. That means the town's going to run out of water. <laughs> well, I mean, the water can get in. It just can't get out. Oh, it can't get out. It's going to fill gonna with flood. water. They're going to They're gonna drown gonna in the drown. dome. Fuck. Oh my god, that'd actually be amazing. And it's like floating up and like, the, yeah, it's like a water balloon. So the meeting adjourns, I guess. Yeah. Uh, everyone splits up and goes to their homes. And the three Cooper girls are sitting around and saying their apologies and bonding for the last time. Betty's the only person in this room that hasn't returned from the dead. Yes. And Alice is just apologizing that she can't stop the situation, and everyone dying, and Betty's like, Mom, it's a comet. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Uh, so, this is the beginning of what I think this episode really is. Mm -hmm. The finale of Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Like, not season six, but the whole show. Uh -huh. We are saying goodbye to so many characters, I wouldn't be surprised if this episode began before there was a season seven uh, uh, renewal, except for the fact that you can look at their typical timeline for production and when that decision was announced, and it clearly wasn't. But, <laughs> but they're acting like this is the last episode. All yeah. of our characters, especially our like B-tier characters, our Alice's and whatnot, are getting their, their big closure moments. Yes. And, and Alice's is to apologize, realizing after tasting Hellfire uh, uh, that, that she was a rather uh, substandard mother. Yeah. 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 So then we, we go check in on Reggie and Veronica. Mm -hmm. they're, they're at the Babylonium. And he's all like, hey, how does it feel to be back? And oh, by the way, I have a present for you. Here's this picture of your dad. He looks real grumpy in that painting. I never noticed just how m mean his mouth was. Yeah. Actual Hiram Lodge, very charming smile. Charming in like, a, oh, he's an evil man way. But he smiled a lot. Uh-huh. Not in that painting. Not in oh. that painting. Ooh, oh. grim determination on that face. A very, very determined. Uh, And so Veronica's got some mixed emotions of like, this is really sweet. Also, goddamn you, dad. <laughs> Which makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's Veronica right there. Yay, Daddy. Fuck Daddy. Uh, over at Pops, mm -hmm. uh, Jughead and Tabitha sharing some fries mm -hmm. uh, and you know talking about how the end is near. And Jughead's like, you know, it's fine. Like I've accomplished most things on my bucket list. He he's pretty like doesn't want her to die. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want them not to be together. But at the same time, he's like fine with dying. Just like he was last week. Yeah. Yep. Like, he's still in this place of like, it's fine. If that's mm -hmm. my fate, it's okay. Um, but they are quickly interrupted by a special guest. Yeah. Yeah. Returning from a season five cameo. And of course, the Katie Keene show. It's Xandra. Alexandra Cabot. Uh, and they're just as surprised as we are. And like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And she's like, dying. But I don't know that. Yay. Instead, she is there to make her dreams come true. Franchising. Yes. So she's taking like, Pops National. Hey, did you guys hear 
of Tommy Comets, the oh my god, <laughs> the diner chain that recently went out of business. I bought them and I want to make them all pops. So like, let's sign a contract and franchise you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tommy Comet. The Johnny Rockets franchise was bought by a Fat Burger just a couple of years ago. So this oh. is like ripped from the headlines. Oh. <laughs> you know how Pop's Chocolate Shop is just like Fat Burger? Well, I just love the coincidence of this diner having Comet in the name. Yeah, uh, uh, it's fate. Uh, so, so Tabitha's very like, oh, um, I don't know, because like, she knows the future and she's very conflicted about making a business deal when they all might die. Uh, and Jughead's like, shut up! (laughs) But it's a very tense situation, like, Xandra does deals all the time, she meets with people, she knows what's what, Uh, but all she can really tell is that they're being very awkward, because what she doesn't know is they don't know how to tell her she's dead. (laughs) Yeah. You're gonna die! You can't leave! You're gonna die with us! Oh, you need an answer in ten hours? Okay, well you're gonna be dead in eighteen. It's a rough day. Uh, so over at the White Worm, uh, Fangs is tattooing Big Anthony. Not a lot of toddlers out there have tattoos. Big Anthony's pretty unique. Also chest hair. He's one of a kind, this guy. <laughs> Big Anthony's like, oh, dad, am I a serpent now? And he's like, yeah, serpent king. <laughs> I mean, apparently it's a title traditionally given to teenagers, so... And so they tell him all about how, like, it's his birthright, and, like, because mm-hmm. he's the only one that might survive, he has to make sure the serpents continue. If he can ever get out of the bubble that's <laughs> encapsulating Riverdale, well, everyone else will be dead except Archie. And no. he can't make babies with Archie. <laughs> so there'll be but no But damn it, baby- they're gonna try. There's gonna be no little baby serpents running around. The... The way they talk about him carrying on the legacy of the future and the way they talk about the comet as an extinction level event is like, what? <laughs> how, how go together these? What? Is it the extinction of all life in Riverdale? Like, and eventually I... he'll pass the barrier and See... co-mingle with the Ohio serpents again or something? Like, what do you mean extinction level? See, a I thought it was the whole world was gonna die. Right, but now that's what this, that word means. Now there's this barrier, and so it makes me think, oh, everyone in Riverdale's gonna die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because like the the destruction also won't escape. Maybe, maybe because nothing can escape, so it's just a little destruction bubble. But if that's not the case, everyone's gonna die. <laughs> Either way, whether the entire world dies. Or it's just Riverdale, we're still dealing with the fact that wherever baby Anthony is, he can't recruit no baby serpents. <laughs> because everyone's dead. Because everyone's dead. But we're putting our faith in our friends. There are a few problems on the table, and some of our, our best experts are on the case. Like at Thornhill, where Cheryl and Heather have pledged to, to find a sorcerer even more experienced than they, far more knowledgeable, with... Uh, her own centuries of of uh, plans lying in wait. I immediately thought they meant Nana. But no, they're going even farther back to Abigail. <laughs> so so they, they need to talk to the doll. They, or really the spirit within the doll. They conjure the ghost of Abigail out of the doll, who's shown in reflections in glass. 
and says, pray tell, why have I been conjured? Well, because you look like Madame Leota, and that's really in right now, I guess. And so they fill her in on how an evil sorcerer has brought a comet down on them, and blah, blah, blah. Um, They're like, so hey, will you help us? Like, if you do, I'll free you from the ceramic hell doll, like whatever you want. And so this expert in the occult, the mystic, the supernatural, reminds them of basic science facts. Hey, dipshit, it's a snowball. You do fire. So she's like, use your fucking phoenix powers and melt the bitch. (laughs) And Cheryl's like, wait, I can do that? Well, yeah, I mean, it is going to, like, drain all your powers, but... It's it's not going to be easy, but, like, yeah, yeah. Melt it. Like, ice cream on a hot day. Mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. do it. So, so over uh, at the mine, Mm -hmm. Cheryl goes to collect everyone. Right. Uh, Because she's like, hey, I got got some news. Um, And she gathers everyone together. Um, And she's like, okay, so here's the deal. I might be able to melt it. Uh, she's now speaking at a great big meeting of all of our characters. Everyone. <laughs> Moose is here. Two generations of Kellers. Like, everyone. Everyone. Dr. Colonel's not, but he's preparing <laughs> for all the dead bodies. Uh, he's in his own extra bunker. It's even deeper than the sex hole. So she's like, here's the deal. I might be able to melt the comet, uh, and we might be able to find a way to uh, undo the binding spell. Uh, about that though, Tony, we gotta, we gotta talk in a little bit. Uh, but here's the big catch. It is going to drain all of her energies. Mm-hmm. And because of that, one of the now undead, formerly dead people might die again. Minimum one. Minimum one. Might be a couple. It might be all of them. And so we get a run, a rundown of who all we're talking about. And it's a fucking lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. <laughs> So basically, anyone that she brought back from the dead, her powers mm-hmm. are still keeping alive. And if she no longer has her powers, they could no longer possibly be alive. Right. So all the firstborns, you know, Archie, Jughead, Polly, Dagwood. The decapitated. Uh, yeah. And the, the three uh, uh, executed by Percival as well. So and Even more than I named. But yeah, it adds up. Just kill Dagwood. He yeah. doesn't have any running plots. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We've already got a spare. Yeah, she's better. You know what? Kill Kevin too. He's not being kept alive by the Phoenix Force, but you know, just for good measure. Just in case. It's the last thing that can happen to him. Just kill him. <laughs> just, he did get shot last week. Cheryl has her her private conversation with Tony, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Tony's like, "Oh, what what can I do?" And she's like, "Well." My ancestor is going to help, Mm -hmm. but first she wants to spend one last night with her beloved. In carnal form. So we need two vessels to make that happen. (laughs) So here's the deal. We're going to have our souls leave our body and their souls are going to encompass our bodies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Tony's very concerned about like cheating and which Cheryl is like, well... Heather's a witch, so she's kind of fine with whatever. Technically, the line is, she's kind of fine with whatevs. Whatevs. <laughs> fine with whatevs. So, so the way this is going to work, if Tony agrees, uh, for her soul to leave her body temporarily so her uh, uh, distant ancestor can inhabit it. She says, Heather will keep our souls in a jar until the lovemaking ends. <laughs> 
Which sounds like a threat. Uh- <laughs> kind of. Kind of does sound like a threat. So yeah, they're going to say a spell. Their souls will leave their body, go into a jar. Other souls will enter their bodies. They'll get it on. Mm-hmm. And this and the- <laughs> is Abigail's price uh, that, that she's extracting in order to, to uh, get to work and dispel this barrier curse. Yes. She wants some sex. It's been a lonely couple centuries. <laughs> She's in a doll. She doesn't have parts. She can't even take things into her own hands. Well, no, she doesn't have elbows. Like, those don't move. <laughs> They're just like... <laughs> like, you can't you can't get to anything. Like, I guess... her, her shoulders don't, like, move that way. She could grind on stuff, but again, she doesn't have stuff to grind. Well, again, her, her legs don't, like, open. They just... <laughs> They move in one direction, so they can, you can't really get to it. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm a few episodes behind on what we do in the shadows, but why hasn't that been a plot? Why hasn't Little Nadja been very horny one episode? <laughs> I just can't move any of it. So meanwhile, uh, Archie comes home from the mine. And has a surprise visitor. Bob, 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 your mom's dead and she doesn't know it. It's Mary. She's come to say hello. And She's also come to say she got divorced from her very short marriage. Because she realized that life is short. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> and time is precious. Uh-huh. And you, you know, you don't want to waste a minute of it, Archie. <laughs> As he just dies very mm-hmm. slowly mm-hmm. right there. Knowing his mother's gonna die very soon. Um, but you know what he thinks at this time? is not like, oh, let me tell my mother about the impending doom. No, no, no. She skipped all the ghost shit, the magic stuff? Where? Seriously. He's, he has this exact line later, but honestly, where do you begin? Mom, there's a comet coming. We're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I guess you just cut to the chase. Cut to the, she doesn't need to know the rest. <laughs> Why can't we leave? Magic. Now you have to go to the rest. But, yeah, There's okay. a sorcerer. He's evil. It's okay. We have our best people on it. Her soul's in a jar with her ex <laughs> while their bodies are puppeted by their dead ancestors. Having sex. I imagine there's some scissoring involved. I don't know. No, what I want is for Archie to use, like, the wrong term. And Mary. <laughs> the, what is the wrong term? Well, I want him to, like, try to explain, like, lesbian sex, and then Mary has to correct him. Ah, like, Archie. Yes, yes. I was married to a woman. Yeah, we let don't me, actually do that. Let That's, me tell uh, you what we, we do. And then he's like, Mom! <laughs> he's, Archie, you're, you're a man now. You, you are running your father's business. It's time you hear about the birds and the birds. The birds and the birds. This, this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. So, um, over at, uh, Veronica's, mm-hmm. uh, she is talking to the portrait of her dead father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because now it is his turn, uh, uh to, like, have closure for Hiram and Veronica re-Hiram, uh, as we say goodbye to Riverdale. She toasts to him, mm-hmm. and is like, you know, hopefully whatever happens, we do not cross paths in the afterlife like i do not want to see you in heaven or hell most likely probably hell but like no thank you and so then she plants a kiss on his painting cheek and it all rots ah, away it's so the, good the toxins just like 
uh, uh, age and and crumble the oil paint, and he turns this ghastly color. Ah, oh, it's good. It's, it's good. So good. Uh, but then Archie comes in, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, I got some personal news, and uh, I'd like a favor. <laughs> I'm going to ask Betty to marry me." Because he really took that life is precious, no time to waste talk from his mom very seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And while he had a ring in mind that he got from his dad. It exploded. It kind of exploded. So he's like, hey, you ran a jewelry store last season. Remember that? Remember that? What, What did happen to that jewelry store? Like, when Babylonium was made legal, did they just, like, knock it down and use it as expansion space? I don't know. Because <laughs> it was originally the front for the illegal Babylonium. Yeah, I think its set just became the oddity shop. That makes sense. That makes a the lot of sense. The counter's in the same spot. Uh, and so she's like, oh, um, I think I have something in my personal collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she gets up to go get Archie this ring for Betty, and she makes quite a face. That doesn't seem quite as enthusiastic when she walks away. No, no. So over at Pops, uh, Jughead and Tabitha, good old Jugatha, they're uh, uh, chatting about the deal with mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Zandra, and Jughead's like, very, you gotta do it, this is great, it's everything you've ever wanted, it was the perfect way to like keep Pops going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they're having a chat about that, and then Tabitha says, you know, you're the jack to my rose. And Jughead's like, what? It's totally blank. She, she's like, you haven't seen Titanic? And then he replies, no, I, I haven't actually watched the Titanic. He thinks there's a the in the title, and that's the best little detail. I love it. Uh, and so Tabitha's like, wait, what the fuck? It's like my favorite movie. We have to watch it. And he's like, "There not it like four hours long? It's three hours and 14 minutes. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but we are going to do this. We are watching Titanic. What else are you going to do? The plan is to just let Cheryl blow it up. Like, you're just waiting around. You might as well watch a movie. Uh, But I I do love that the reason this came up, the comparison to Jack and Rose, is they are sure that... Ah, uh, oh, this, yes, this is how the prophecy comes true. Jughead is the one or more to die to power Cheryl to blow up the comet so that Tabitha yeah. and everyone else may live. Yes, because, you know, in every one of her visions, Jughead died. Mm-hmm. So and that's going to be what happens. There you go. There it is. And he's very, you know, it's fine. I'm fine with my death. You will live on. This will all happen. It'll be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heart will go on. <laughs> Uh, over at Thornhill, yes, they they do the spell to put Heather and Cheryl in the jar, and it turns out that souls are small golden balls about the size of like a golf ball. Yeah, so you should listen to Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die to find out more about that. Specifically, the episode that comes out next Monday. <laughs> yeah, yes, strange parallels, inexplicable. What also happens when a soul enters a body is your clothes change. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Because they are both wearing, like, old-timey corset bustiers all of a sudden. Well, they got their old-timey dresses on. I was paying attention to the the next scene. The Uh, next scene (laughs) where they, they go off as Heather watches them leave. In the first sex scene of season six. 
the most sultry, sexy time that they've had in forever. Uh, a close second to their breakup sex in Les Monnuis back in high school times. And like, they don't, they aren't nude even. They're no. like in, in corsets. See, this but is then what... like, Abigail like reaches around Tony and like pops that corset open and like, dang! It's, it's just a, an intensity of like passion. And of course, everything is blurry. Everything is that steamy, out-of-focus haze. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sexiest sexy time in years. (laughs) It's the only one this calendar year. There's some later in this episode, but it's not as sexy. (laughs) There's just abs. It's not, there's not much happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So meanwhile, while they're having sex, Archie goes to Betty and is like, hey, my mom's here. Uh, I didn't tell her anything, (laughs) um, but, and she's like, well, maybe you should. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe, uh, but first, will you marry me? He's trying to set up the ultimate, I got good news, I got bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm gonna get down on one knee, will you marry me? (gasps) (sighs) So yeah, he's down on one knee, he shows her that ring, he talks about how much he loves her. And how he wants to spend whatever time they have left together, together. And Betty's like, Archie, I love you, you absolute moron. Uh, uh, what are you doing? No, Archie, come on now. <laughs> She's like, dude, you can't save everyone. You can't always be the hero. You can be scared. It's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't, don't have to cover everything up. Please ask again once the comet is destroyed and we all survive. Because <laughs> right now, you're... You're all messed up in, in your hero drive and not really thinking straight. And Archie's like, okay, I'll do that. I'll be back. And she's like, where the fuck are you going? He's like, I'm going to go bake through that barrier, Betty Cooper, so I can marry you. <laughs> Clearly, he's tried to, you know, punch it to pieces before and that didn't work. So what's going to do now? Play guitar at it, I guess. Uh, throw a football. What what other skills do you have, Archie? She's just there like, you missed the point! Build a... a- Fucking point, Archie! Just build a cabinet and show it to the barrier, and then it will shatter. Archie, live in the moment. You can't save everyone. I'm gonna go save everyone. So so back at Thornhill, I, I mean, it's sort of a post-coital afterglow, except they aren't exactly the ones that did the, the coitus. It's actually uh, Cheryl and Tony, and they're kind of trying to figure out if they are Cheryl and Tony. Like... Hey! Mm-hmm. You can tell it's them because they have modern bras again. The magic switched them back. <laughs> and, like, dressed them because I bet <laughs> nothing was on them. <laughs> go say. Well, uh, uh, once they uh, both are themselves and both say that they have no memory of what their bodies were up to while yeah. their mm-hmm. souls were in a jar, mm-hmm. they, like, get up covering themselves with sheets to, to get in the rest of their clothes. And we see that Abigail, while piloting Cheryl, was up to more than, you know. We see that because Cheryl goes to Abigail. Mm-hmm, like, just be mm-hmm. like, hey, how how was your your time with Thomasina? Mm? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's awkward with Tony, but when she's with the doll, she's like, okay, spill. Give me all the hot goss. <laughs> well, she, she actually said... Tell me, my dearest ancestor, how was your tryst with Thomasina? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, yo, I'm making good on my promise over there. If you unknot that giant fucking pile of knotted rope, 
the barrier to the town will be gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because every single twist and knot and tangle represents another little bit of of uh, Percival's spell that wove this barrier. It's like sort of symbolic uh, uh, gesture. And so, yes, how long did it take Abigail to put this together? <laughs> It was it was technically a quickie. She spent so much time doing the knot spell. All I can think is that they need to get the town knitting group together. Or anyone who's been on a fishing trip. Like, come on. There there are a lot of hobbies that involve doing this exact per- thing. Professional Christmas light hanger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, bring in some professionals that know how to untangle shit. Or just cut it in half with a sword. Read a book, goddammit. What if that makes there be an earthquake that splits the town in two? Oh, the town's been split in two before. They survived. Betty, um, decides to zoom Agent Drake. Yes, for her, like, quarterly performance review, I guess. Which is weird, because Agent Drake isn't in Riverdale, and no one's supposed to be able to get any news about Riverdale, which implies that, like, phones shouldn't work, because otherwise, why the heck haven't they called NASA? Also, why the heck in this call does Betty not tell, hey, Agent Drake, an evil sorcerer is sending a <laughs> comment to us. Can you get, like, the government to, I don't know, shoot it out of the sky? It's big lasers. It's pew, 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 pew. None of this comes up. I like to think that the barrier affects news about the comet, and that's the only sort of news it can affect. So if Betty started talking about the comet... Oh, you're breaking up. Betty, Betty, we got a bad connection. But they can talk about career advancement. But what if they were like, okay, don't come to Riverdale, you'll be trapped. Would that be included? It might sound like, yeah, come on down to Riverdale, we'll have a barbecue. Mm. Uh, So Agent Drake is uh, the bearer of good news that Betty Cooper has been singled out to head up the FBI's serial killer division. Yes. She made full agent a year ago. A year, she caught one guy. One guy in her professional capacity. But as Agent Drake said, she is the hunter of hunters. I mean, I guess she did catch all of the, the hillbilly cannibal uh, mothmen, too. Yes. But since then, one guy. She's all like, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to decide what my future is. Where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Agent Drake is like, is this because of Archie? And she says, no, it's not Archie. And it's not TBK getting in my head. It's just really the sort of life I want to lead, what I want to do with my time. Quote, I'm moving towards the light. She's not going to be chasing the, the evil darkness anymore. She's only going to arrest good people from now on. Makes sense. She's a cop. <laughs> So, so they end their call mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. that. Meanwhile, um, uh, Reggie and Veronica are together uh, having um, uh, some tea. Having some tea. Uh, talking about like, hey, if we survive, like, what's the first thing you're going to do, Ronnie? And she's like, I'm going to go to Paris on a shopping spree with Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, Reggie, what are you going to do? And he's going to get a dog because he's always wanted one and he's going to name it Vader. Yeah, yeah. I, Vader the dog was a dachshund in uh, the new Riverdale uh, Reggie and Me miniseries. In fact, Vader was the me. He, he was the yeah. narrator character. It was, it was cute. I think that's when Vader was created. Uh, I, I don't know if classic Archie had a Vader the dachshund. <laughs> 
I don't remember one. But doesn't mean that it didn't appear at some point. Mm -hmm. So that's how old Riverdale has gotten. It is referencing things that are younger than Riverdale, I think. But it's cute. It's Reggie, very Reggie cute. Reggie just wants a dog. Mm -hmm, he just wants mm -hmm. a little life. And it's cute. So Veronica's like, oh, and like, if we survive, here's the deal. The reason I asked you over is because I wanted to tell you that if we live... Uh, you can have the Babylonium. Full mm -hmm. ownership. It's yours. It was his idea to open it before they had any permits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she she's going to focus on her absence because mm -hmm. that's like her thing. Her real only thing. Her real thing that we know is still continuing because anytime she has a drink, it's green. Yeah. That's the entirety of this plot for now. Hmm? Well, so Reggie's like, oh, oh, cool, but like, any any chance if we survive, we're getting back together? No, just no. And she's like, no, I think it's good we got off that ride, don't you? And he's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I guess, sure. So Nobody she, pegs me as good as you do, Ronnie. <laughs> and as long as you wear the rubber gloves, I don't have to worry about the toxins either. And so she talks about how she wants to work on like herself and being single and on her own. And she wants to work on her friendships and especially her friendship with Reggie. Mm -hmm, and he's mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm down with being friend zoned by you. He says it in a very like kind, like, oh, it's an inside joke between friends. He doesn't yeah. sound as disappointed. <laughs> but I, he's disappointed. There's a little, a little bit. bit. He really did like getting pegged, but, but, uh, uh I, <laughs> I really like the scene with Reggie because I think you see, like, yeah, okay, he liked having sex with her. But you see, like, more to their relationship mm -hmm, and how mm -hmm. much she meant to him. Yeah, yeah. And it's really nice being sweet because you don't get a lot of that stuff with Reggie. So when it happens, it's just like, oh, he's like a human. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, it's closure on this part of, of them to Reggie as a character specifically, how he relates to Veronica. Yeah. As they relate to one another and clearly communicate in a way that they don't with anyone else. They understand each other in a way that others don't. Yeah. And like, goodbye to Riverdale. We, we checked that off the list and it was nice. Yeah. Also in this scene, Veronica, when she's talking about working on herself, says, quote, I think it's time for a hard reboot. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Put a little pin on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she also invites Reggie over, you know, to come over later when the comet's, like, coming down uh, and they can watch the fireworks together. And he's like, oh, as, yes, Reggie, as friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, just checking. Just checking. Just, on the same page. Make sure we're on the same page. Consent. Sent those boundaries now. Not when we're, like, crying because we're going to die. If Makes it sense. seems pretty clear that Cheryl fucked up. And we still got, like, four minutes. How you want to spend them? You want me to rock your world? So over at Jughead and Tabitha's apartment, the shot starts <laughs> dead center on the double VHS package of Titanic. Fuck yes! And then moves around the side of their big old uh, uh, tube TV to the two of them on uh, the couch as the credits start to roll. With, like tears going down their faces. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and Jughead's just like, I had no idea. <laughs> and Tabitha's just like, it's amazing. It's so good, right? 
And Jughead tries to do a CinemaSins thing that they would both fit on the door, unaware that they tested that on Mythbusters, and no, it would not hold them both. <laughs> they could fit, but it would sink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Jughead, though, kind of brings it back to their life. And he's right, like, hey, right. why don't you make a promise, if he lives or dies, mm-hmm. that he wants Tabitha to take up Alexandra on the offer to, like, follow through with it mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he can't live or die peacefully if, like, she doesn't make her dreams come true. Spread your angelic wings. And he does point out, like, you're an angel. You can't lie to me, so you have to swear. <laughs> swear. <laughs> and so she does. Aww. And she does with the agreement that he will go on one more epic date with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, but like, what's epic? Because we're like trapped here. And she's like, mm mm uh, 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 I have time bullshit. We can have uh, uh, the date of a lifetime in only one minute. And so she flips a little one minute egg timer uh, uh, hourglass. And, and they live their entire <laughs> lives together. Oh my God, it's the sweetest fucking thing. They have a little dinner date in a pops booth, and then you see their young children, and then they're like tween age children, and then they're grown children, and then they're super old, and I don't think the elderly couple that plays them looks very much no, like either they of look them. Nothing like but them, you get but the it's point. so sweet. Oh my god. And then they're back to them in that booth, and they look at each other, and they're crying, and they do the biggest smooch, and it's like the most beautiful fucking moment in Riverdale. Oh my god. If everybody died, if everybody died, they found a way for Jughead and Tabitha to have a whole lifetime, a whole happy ending together. It's so good. She sort of erased their children from causality. They didn't get to come. We we didn't do Anthony 2 and 3 here, but... Baby Jughead Jr. has a little beanie hat during all of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so sweet. I like these moments between them and like their their TV chemistry and just the way they look at each other Mm -hmm, fucking melts mm -hmm. my heart. Yeah. It's so fucking cute. It's really good. It's are they the best romance in the show? I think they're the best romance currently for sure. Oh. Damn right. By far, but like in the whole six season run. Fuck, maybe. <laughs> maybe, right? Because like, I, I like, love Bughead. They had some powerful, great moments. And like the way they ended was also really affecting and really like real. Yeah. And this is totally unreal, but in the way you want it to be. It's just it's, like it's soaring drama. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's Nicholas Sparks in a good way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just you, you just want them and Pop to live the best life mm-hmm, and to be mm-hmm. happy and just have their little family. And it's it's so good. It's such a nice moment. Mhm. I really like that. It made me happy. I like Archie and Melody. I think Melody's my favorite uh uh Archie relationship. Yeah. Cuz it was short. It it was to the point. And the point it made was, Archie, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. 
But they had some really good moments on the way to that point, too. Like, I yeah. think Archie and Melody was good. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Archie is trying to break down the barrier by the town sign with the mace. Yes, the Asgardian mace. Um, and his mom shows up and is like, what the fuck, Archie? <laughs> Betty called me. She told me everything. That was a long phone call. She told me that you... She told me about Percival and you dying and coming back to life and the comet and how I'm trapped too. <laughs> Betty figured out where to start at least. Yes. And so Archie just turns around and Mary has her arms open, welcoming him into a big mom hug mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because she knows her baby boy is going through some shit. And whose character turn is it for closure? It's Archie and Fred. Yep. Yep. Because uh, uh, the Andrewses sit down uh, on the bench for the bus stop that buses don't stop at. Yes. And uh, she gets through to her son by uh, uh, connecting over the memory of the late Fred Andrews. And how, you know, same stuff Betty said to him, though, is like, you're shouldering this guilt and mm -hmm. this responsibility. And he's like, well, what do you think dad would do? Dad would, like, keep fighting for the town. He loved this town more than anything. It's like, You're yes, absolutely right, yeah. But he also knew when to hang up his tools and come home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, you need to be surrounded by the people you love. If you want to help right now, that's the place to do it, right? Yep. So they have a little moment, and he realizes, like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's nice. This whole episode, it's nice. It's nice. Well, and I like that they address Archie's complex of how mm -hmm. he has to fix everything. Mm -hmm. He has to be in control, and it's this, I must do, do, do. And he has to do it by running headlong into danger and pain and, and physical force. Yes. He could be untying those knots. He's not. He's hitting the barrier with a mace. Yes. Right? Alone. Alone. Not like, hey, Betty, come with me. Let's go try to figure this out together. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave you and go do this. Veronica is still talking to the painting of her dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, it's just you and me. It's been a hell of a year. And she has these, like, flashes to, like, specific moments in the year. Boy, aren't there a lot of them. But specifically, moments when she's using her powers and being told by Agent Drake just what her powers can do. And she has a eureka moment and she stands up and rushes out because she knows how to save absolutely everyone in the world. And this episode, finally, after most of a season, brings back the good Veronica. Yes. The positive Veronica, the active in the saddle Veronica. Yes. This scene is what makes you really sit up and take notice because she's doing that actively. But again, that conversation with Reggie is the same deal. Yeah. That's that's part of the Veronica I want to. Yes. So uh, over at Pops, uh, Tabitha is signing the contract mm -hmm. to franchise Pops. And they're hearing the plan that uh, Alexandra's got about how they're going to like go public like tomorrow and announce it, take the food truck around. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they're just all like, uh... I'm glad you're planning for tomorrow, kid. Uh. She's like, why the long face? What's wrong? But they are interrupted by texts from Veronica, so they don't have to answer that <laughs> question. 
Uh, meanwhile, uh, Cheryl and Heather are unknotting the knot. They're having a knot party. Uh, and Heather's like, so if you succeed in melting the comet, I'm gonna go back to Greendale and, like, live my life. And Cheryl's like, what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Heather's like, well, I, I saw something. I saw your body getting mad ruddy with another lady's body, and I thought... Yeah, that's where Cheryl belongs. <laughs> Why uh, were you peeking, you little freak? She's like, you guys are soulmates. And Cheryl's like, but how do you know? I'm a witch. <laughs> I literally held your soul. <laughs> your souls transcend time. Your love, you're meant to be together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Cheryl also brings up uh, Fangs. She's fucking married and... Uh, Heather For just now. sort of scoffs at that, like, eh, look at the divorce rates. What are, you, what are you worried about? It's not like they have to stay together to raise the kid. The kid has grown. Uh, <laughs> That's when my parents did it. Everybody's getting divorced. So they are interrupted by a text from Veronica. Uh, meanwhile, Archie is talking to Betty, thanking her for... For sending mommy. Sending mommy. <laughs> My uh, mommy talked to me, and it was really good. I'm not. I'm not even gonna realize she said a lot of the same exact shit you said. And he's like, he explains to her, my mom thinks I have a hero complex, and somehow <laughs> Betty doesn't say, yeah, I know. Slap that boy in the face. And he keeps going on like, you know, I think the problem is, is that I can't, I can't live up to my dad. We have to reckon. We have to remember. He's literally getting denser every day. <laughs> it's his superpower to become increasingly dense. Somehow Betty is just like, <laughs> yeah, Archie, I know your dad would be proud of you instead of you fucking idiot. I just said all this shit to you. <laughs> then he's like, hey, I'm sorry I proposed to you in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, well, actually... It's fine. In fact, you know, uh, uh, she wants to thank him for being so good for her over this year. And when you look back, I mean, especially the conversation they had toward the end of the um, American Psychos episode. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. He's been a very good supportive boy ever since they made things official in the previous season finale. That's another one for the scorecard. It was actually really accurate. Yeah. <laughs> For what was coming. Yeah. She's like, well, I've, I've been thinking about things and like, I know I said I wanted to wait, but will you marry me? Aww. Aww. Uh, and he's like, are you serious? And she's like, I'm as serious as a comet hurtling towards Riverdale. A little too soon. A little, <laughs> little too soon. And then they both get interrupted by Veronica's text. You also can't say Sirius is a car accident because he was just talking about <laughs> dad like 20 minutes ago. So over at Veronica's meeting, she's like, hey, here's the deal. I got this idea mm-hmm. to boost Cheryl's powers. I can suck poisons out of things. I can suck powers out of people. I'll suck anything. And then Reggie winks. Uh-huh. And yes, yeah, so her, her idea is that she will absorb all of their abilities mm-hmm. to augment Cheryl's powers. Because if the phoenix power is barely enough to do it with human sacrifice, then you add in portal power, time power, mind reading power. 
aura power, I guess. She's like, and, and the way to make this work is I'm going to need access to where powers are the most potent. Your blood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, you remember when we saw it at the Bijou? What? <laughs> that movie came out during the time skip. Uh-huh. But I guess it was like a but, second or third run, well, like a repertory screening. Also, the Bijou, though, is like a classic movie theater. Right, right. So it maybe showed the original one. Oh, the, like the when TV. They were in high uh, school. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's just stick with any of the filmed versions and not the book version of that scene. No, 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 no. Okay. We already had our sex scene this episode. Uh, and so uh, Archie's like, but I can't cut my hand. You're so fucking dense. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's okay. I brought I a pre- dagger of Megiddo. Yo, it will cut you. It's you fine. You got stabbed so many times yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> and Cheryl's like, oh, no, no, no. No one is cutting into my alabaster flesh. <laughs> and Cheryl's like, no, you. we don't have to cut you. I'm going to transfer the powers to you with a kiss. Ah, and Cheryl again objects, now saying that, ah, uh-uh, that is queer baiting. And Veronica says, no, it's not queer baiting. It's saving the world. <laughs> also, I mean... <sighs> I don't want to get into what queer baiting is and isn't, except that the only way it could be for these characters is if they know they are in a media program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless Cheryl's worry is that she's going to be leading everybody on with the idea that Veronica might be into chicks. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl thinks she's that powerful. <laughs> Uh-huh. That her her lesbian powers are that mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. strong. So the ceremony begins basically. Uh, uh, ev- all of our super friends have their palms cut during this. Jughead, uh, we we hear him talk to us, and he's like, "I didn't say what I was thinking. Uh, that this might actually be the worst idea, or there there could be horrible consequences." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Veronica's collecting all the blood and, like, sucking their abilities out of it. And then, god dang, they go for it. She goes and gives a smooch, and it is a make-out. I think they CGI'd in extra tongues. There's, like, four of them going around in there. Damn. It is quite the smooch. But I guess they were both thinking, well, this might be the last time. (laughs) Uh, And so then they're like, did it work? And with that... Veronica says only one way to find out and pulls a gun. <laughs> and she's like, wait, 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 wait. You're glowing red. I think the test works. She's like, okay, that worked. Take two. And she shoots Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the bullet just impacts harmlessly. It doesn't even go through her clothes. Uh, she's fine. Betty didn't see the red aura, but we don't try to shoot Archie. We're just going to take that one on faith. Yeah. And then Cheryl hears everyone's thoughts, including Tabitha Tabitha saying, Man, I wish I stayed in Chicago. (laughs) I mean, she already lived an entire life with Jughead. They they can split up now. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, So Cheryl makes a portal and says toodles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she is now out uh, in front of Pops looking up at the comet. 
I mean, who hasn't wanted to shoot Cheryl, though? Like, at least a little I bit. I mean... A little bit. Veronica was probably so like, yes, it is my time. <laughs> and everyone else was like, dang, I wish I could have done that. Uh, I'm, I'm not totally convinced. I want to turn. I want, I want to turn. Maybe we should, like, do that a couple more times, like, just to make sure it's not a fluke. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's at Pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go to Tony and Fangs and Big Anthony together. And Big Anthony is like, Dad, I'm scared. They're in the sex hole. Which has been sealed, uh, you know, hermetically to, to give everyone inside the best chance of survival. Why have you lit so many candles? They're going to die. You are in competition for oxygen with so much fire right now. And I don't get why, because they have electricity down there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know what we do when we're uh, concerned about conserving oxygen and lighting candles for it? We also sing! Well, they're delirious from the carbon monoxide. Tony breaks into song, joined by Fangs. And this song follows through all of the following scenes for a while. It is, uh, it's called The End of the World, appropriate, originally by Rob Dickinson, recently covered by Billie Eilish. I didn't know what the song was. I was like, is this from a musical? What is this? It is from a folk song. It's from a folk album in 2008. Ah, so, yes, we we go check in on a lot of people as a lot of people sing. Mm-hmm. We go to Jughead and Tabitha and Pop together at the dining room table. They're all holding hands, and I don't think we've noticed it before, but the table runner in their little dining nook uh, has the carpet pattern from The Shining. Nice. Jughead, come on. Uh, Archie and Betty... Just had some sexy time. Yes, apocalypse sex. They're the only ones doing the thing that everyone says everyone would do. She is singing into his abs. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, clutching uh, his hand to, like, hold to her chest. But, like, chest chest. Like, below the collarbone, above the boob chest. Yes. Kevin and Moose are together. Uh, It's Kevin's only lines from beginning to end. He's just here so he can sing. Uh, Veronica is looking at the, out the window at the comet's reflection, and then she goes over to the sofa and hold, holds Reggie's hand. And I guess she can do this because she also gave Cheryl she gave her, up her powers, powers. Yeah. Which explains it because that, this clip was in the trailer, and I was like, what the fuck? She's killing Reggie. <laughs> Who hasn't wanted to kill Reggie, though? At least a little bit. Uh, but they hold hands as the world is going to end. As now it is time for Cheryl Blossom. Uh, oh, we also have Heather with Abigail, yes. Vidal, and Nana and Britta working on undoing the knots. Yes, yes, having their own little knot party. But yes, Cheryl is standing on the, the front stoop, the, the steps that lead down to the parking lot, and she is in her superhero coat. Yes. This definitely would have been in the mythical eighth season of Arrow or whatever. It would have also been in The Matrix if it was black. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's great. It makes her legs look two feet longer somehow. I don't know. It's, well, it's it's like almost like a crop jacket that then just like has a giant butt cape. I, her, I've commented on her proportions before, but the way they make her like, clothing waist lie, it's gotta be, like, halfway up her back. Oh, yeah, it's totally, like, right under her boobs. (laughs) 
all the time. She's she's wearing an empire waist and somehow makes it look like a regular waist. And so she seems to be nine feet high sometimes. Yes. Especially when you add in the heels. It's amazing. She's a living, like, optical illusion, this woman. So, so she starts using her powers and her hands are glowing and she's saying a spell. It's a very dumb rhyme that I do not like. All her spells are dumb. This one's especially bad. Yeah, that's not good. And as the comet's getting closer and we go, like, flash check in on everyone else, and everyone basically starts holding hands more, and, mm-hmm. like, Sheriff Keller joins Keller and, or Kevin and Moose, and, like, uh, we see that Nana and Britta and Heather they, finished untying the knots. They undo the final knot. I think it's Heather that gets the last one. Yeah. And we see that Archie is there with Betty and Mary and Alice and Frank and Polly and, and the twins. And Polly's covering the twins' eyes. As I, the room glows from the comet getting closer. While Cheryl is now shouting her incantation while Adobe After Effects wooble all around her hands. And she starts levitating. She can fly! Zoom in on her levitating and doing her powers and, like, trying to make the comment. I think it was like, you will not fall in here. You were like, go back up to the sky. or It was something stupid. Yeah. There's a bright flash. And then we cut to commercial. And when we come back. There's a fish. There's a little fish in a fishbowl. <laughs> and Jughead's narrating it. And he's like, so what happened next? Did we make it? We see Archie wake up. And he's like, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But he's in his little striped PJs in his room. His room is decorated a little different. Yes. And then he pulls open his drawer to get dressed for the day. And it's a, a old timey sweater with a big R on the chest folded uh-huh. up in there. Uh-huh. And, and he looks across the, the alley to see his good friend Betty crying in her room underneath a sitting next to her big James Dean poster. When did that get there? I don't know. With Alice comforting her, and her outfit looks very old-timey. And Jughead's narration says, But, as I suspected, (laughs) that the milkshake of this all did something. I don't remember exactly what I said. But basically, the milkshake of powers. Yes. Things weren't going to go right, as I suspected. Too, Too many variables. Something unexpected, yet, quote, utterly inevitable happened. Yes. Uh, and it, it was still our Riverdale, but somehow we were in a different time. So by now, Archie has made it downstairs and he sees his mother with a much different hairstyle sitting and also uh, shocked and saddened over a newspaper she's reading, talking about how uh, uh, this, this horrible thing has happened. Uh, he he was so young and, and so uh, uh, special She passes it over, and the headline is that James Dean has died. So that means we are now on the 1st of October, 1955. And we cut to Jughead with his old-timey hat and sweater typing away on the typewriter at the school and saying that we were teenagers again. (laughs) Okay. And I'm the only one who remembers what happened B.C., before the comet. Uh-huh. And then we got to the title card, and it's an old-timey Riverdale font. It's a cursive script rather than the neon block letters. If it's going to be lit up in neon, it's going to look like a Coke sign. You know, that that sort of thing. 
And that's it. That's it. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the season. That is the beginning of... I mean, it could be anything, but it's going to be something. Season 7. Yeah. So, darling, what did you think of Chapter 117, Night of the Comet? I liked all the moments between people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I loved some of those moments. Like, I loved Jughead and Tabitha. I loved seeing some of Reggie's, like, sentimentalness. Mm-hmm. Um, Archie having that moment with Mary, even though he's a Dumbo. <laughs> This season, when we've, I mean, especially myself, when I have had problems with things this season, it's been not treating the characters properly, not respecting what's come before and their journeys, and not, like, letting them be their best selves. And not best in the way that, like, everything goes well for them hunky-dory, but I, I want them to suffer, but in ways that, you know, relate to themselves the way they they are and the way they have become instead of these weird inconsistencies and backslides and like everything they did with veronica get veronica out of a rut please yeah and this episode roberto coming back home kicking the door down and just doing it just doing the stuff that should have been in all of the other character moments this year yeah it's so nice it's so nice it's the type of stuff that makes the character is so endearing mm-hmm. and it makes you cheer for them and that you, you know, actually see them as existing in the same universe mm-hmm. and not this like they're split apart and never interacting with each other. Yeah. I mean, it is a little annoying that the way we get people together is there's what, three or more meetings that have like 20 people in a room. Yeah. <laughs> I I always find that kind of unsatisfying and lazy, but at least it does make it clear that they care about one another. They're they're going to split up into their most powerful, important relationships for their last hours on earth. Yeah. But Reggie does know and care about Tom Keller on some level, you know? Mhm. All the same. I fucking love the ending. <laughs> I'm so freaking excited. Right? I live right? For anything that embraces that type of, like, throwback, Archie comic universe mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. all I want is for 90% of the last season to be this. I'm, I want this to drag the fuck out. We've seen this sort of aesthetic as a stress nightmare originally. Mm-hmm. We've seen it as an image of uh, <laughs> the great beyond. Mm-hmm. We've seen it as in people's minds. But now it's going to be, for some period of time, between 1 and 22 episodes, yeah. the arena of action, the actual factual setting. Yes. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff that makes me very curious is what is it's still our Riverdale, but earlier mean. Yeah. Is everybody still dead? Is everyone still dead? Is everyone still dead? How is our same-sex... Uh, uh, soulmate quest going to work in a 1950s setting are we are we going to have an undercover closeted relationship teens story i don't know do they remember fighting a wizard but like jughead really focused in his narration about how like an innocent time yeah yeah type thing so it makes me like think like okay it's gonna be more 
innocent, but I would love it if it's that aesthetic and it is like serial killers and like mm-hmm. aliens and shit happening. I mean, he mentions it's before the Black Hood. Maybe this is a Riverdale with no serial killers. Maybe a lot of those dead people are back because the people that killed them did not exist. Maybe this final season victory lap is gonna bring back Midge, gonna bring back Dilton. Joaquin! Bring back Joaquin, yes! Oh my god. They're not gonna. Do that. <laughs> they, they don't. They're gonna spite me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Berto's out. He's like, nope, can't give her happiness. <laughs> what I think might happen, and something that if I had my way, I would make happen, is that uh, season seven is a rolling timeline. We get a couple 50s episodes. We get a 60s episode. We get a 70s episode. Archie goes to Vietnam. And we eventually catch back up to the present. Oh. And I would make the show's ending this episode by doing that. Because of the way it was, in my opinion still, a very effective end to Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Don't waste it. Come back to it. Do you think this... Whatever's going on has something to do with Cheryl, like, exploding Tabitha's powers mm. during it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just put we, them into some type of time bubble. We had Tabitha's powers in the mix, yes. Yeah. Do you think this would have been uh, prevented if there was a more stable mix by including all of the powers? They left out Reggie's ventriloquism. They did, those motherfuckers! <laughs> they also didn't get any dog blood. There's no super healing bingo in well, there. Well, you can't, like, fucking kill, like, slice open bingo. He can't consent to that. <laughs> Though I guess, like, Jughead should technically be able to talk to animals because he can read their minds, so he should be able to be like, hey, bingo, can we, like, take a little blood? And bingo would be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bingo also talks. Yeah, well, he's, in he's the not, brain. He's brain not talk. saying that in his brain. He's just saying, yeah. <laughs> It's in his brain. <laughs> they passed up such an opportunity to do, like, cartoon-accurate hot dog. Because cool. hot dog would talk, but, you know, he'd just be thinking to the audience. What if they do that and, now? And they had a mind reader on the cast, but no hot dog. Ah, They could do it now. They, you know, they got one more season to go. What, what if this new setup isn't, we're in 1955, it is, we're in... Archie 1955, the uh, recent miniseries by Mark Wade, And we don't travel through time. We travel through Archie multiverses. So I finally get Afterlife with Archie. So we get an Afterlife with Archie episode or arc. We get a, a The Man from Riverdale super spy arc. We do, I mean, okay, we already did super teens, but like Archie 3000 Archie versus Predator? Archie versus Predator. Yes! There might be a licensing issue, but you know what? It's they, it's they the sh- future. Everything is crossover. They now. should get on it. They're stupid if they don't. What if, though? What if? That'd be so fucking cool. I'd be down with that. Uh, but that season, season seven, uh, has not begun production. Filming, I believe, is scheduled to begin in October, which means airing is probably going to come around March. Yep. Which is why I think there's a good chance that this is going to be like a 13 episode, not a 22 episode season. I feel like it will be a half season. Would make the most sense for ending it. Like, season six started last November and has run to the very last day of July. Yeah. It's been a really long time. (laughs) 
And and if you only count from post Rivervale, like season six proper, I guess, yeah, that's a March start. That's a March start, and it went deep, deep into summer. Yeah. Doing 17 episodes. Yeah. Only doing 13 from mid-March takes you to, to mid-June, which is a much more reasonable, like, TV schedule, you know? Yeah. Or much more standard, Standard, rather. yeah. It's gonna be a while. It's, it's, it's gonna be a while till Sex Archie is back in its normal time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think I, th- this ending, while it seems like a wild swing that clearly there's a plan for it, if Rivervale has taught us anything, it's that just because you expect one doesn't mean there is one. True. And all of the speculation that is happening on this show in the greater fandom should show that this is the first step in any of a thousand journeys. <laughs> so while I have my predictions and some that I think are more or less likely, I would not begin to think that we've solved season seven. And anyone who says they have is lying to you. I just really hope they don't like be like, oh, one episode of this and now we're on to something else. Like, fuck that. You don't want it to be like Rivervale and that they're there for a bit and then they snap out. I I want them to be dedicated to this Mm -hmm. and have it be a long journey to get to wherever they're going. Which is, in a sense, what Rivervale turned out to be. Yes. (laughs) Shocking everyone. And honestly, that's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that, because they, we really thought that was it and we were pissed off. And then, oh, oh. And then that turned out to be the undergirding of the entire season plot in a way that's never felt as cohesive. Yeah. As coherent as any of our post-season one stories. Yeah. Like, once we caught Jason's killer, every other plot from then, like, what what color are the the, uh, Black Hood's eyes? Well, what episode are you watching? (laughs) But in hindsight, there's nothing like that. In season six. Yeah. There, there's nothing that is so gratuitously and bafflingly dropped as, say, as, as the season three quarantine that was done as soon as it was mentioned. Yeah. That was so fucking annoying. <laughs> or the solution to the disease they were quarantining for being something that couldn't possibly manifest in the way the seizure disease did. Yeah. Turns out only girls drink from the the river water. Boys only drink bottled water from out of town. Who knew? Uh, Another thing about season six, now that it's all behind us, Mm -hmm. is every episode it is more clear than ever that they are aiming for an audience that does not watch the show. (laughs) Like, I I really think one of the goals is how is this going to look like in, like, the tweets tomorrow? What was this going to look like to the people who are getting this second hand? Yeah. That's the last <laughs> That's the last 5 episodes big time. But I mean just the, the the superpowers showing up at all shows that. I mean Rivervale itself is that, but it just got more and more and bigger and easier to see that that is like a driving impetus as time went on. Yeah. And it's worked, at at least in places I am paying attention to. More people are talking about Riverdale even when they don't watch it. Because it's fun to talk about! It's getting out more, and they're getting more 
uh, uh, and these non-viewers are getting surrounded by it more. And now that it's a, all of these specific episodes that they've heard about are about to drop on Netflix worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the season is finished, here it is. We bring it to you. And you listening, now is what I'm going to tell you your part in all of this. If you have seen that too, if you hear that too... Tell people to check out the show. Tell them. Check out that show and this one because we are working through this alongside. We, we are making that context. We are the bridge between the show and its drive and the secondhand consumer. Yes. Uh, uh, so, so while both of us, you know, Riverdale itself and Sex Archie go on this mid-season hiatus. Yeah. Season. This between season. Between season, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now is the most powerful time for word of mouth because it's all in a nice little bow. Uh, it's if, a great time to catch up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are secondhand viewers who are going to check it out, who are, whether they check out Riverdale or not, are curious what it was like being there in the moment. Mm-hmm. I would love to be used as a time capsule for that sort of curiosity, you know? Sure, we can be a time capsule. Yeah. Put our put beanie in it. Mm-hmm. And, and then and... some sort of warlock is going to dig it up in eight years <laughs> to curse people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're going to listen to our podcast and be like, meh, spells. That would be a curse. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about the past. We've uh, dreamed about the future including dreaming how long of a future there is and when it's going to arrive. Who knows? <laughs> so I guess it is time for us to finish. Thank you again for joining us uh, on another season. And what a one it was. It might be one of my favorites. It's pretty good. Uh, you pretty know good. what? I'm going to say it right now. Best adult season. <laughs> yes. You know, the worst it can do is second place. Uh, we'll, we'll see when season seven comes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh in the meantime tell your friends yeah I... leave a rating and review please pretty please follow us on twitter at sex underscore archie that's where we're gonna be uh, uh continuing to to follow the news with you and uh talking archie stuff of all kinds i guess that's it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh if you are missing us i can point you to some places i'm gonna be uh, the Six Feet Under Mouse Guard campaign is just finishing up now, which is very exciting. Uh, we've resurrected it from its hiatus to give it the proper ending it deserves. So uh, our second to last episode is, is finished. The final episode just has a few finishing touches before we make the music for it. And uh, I guess I can announce we are making an epilogue. Uh, as well. So uh, ending plus one, but I'm still making a homebrew game for which to uh, play for that. So that's going to be a little while longer, but uh, uh, I'm really proud of it. If you haven't checked it out, uh, it's at sixfeetsunder.com. That's S-I-X-F-E-A-T-S-U-N-D-E-R.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, it is a actual play role-playing show where we play uh, uh, two in-game years of the Mouse Guard role-playing game set in the world of David Peterson's Mouse Guard comics. You don't need to know the story. Everything you need to know, we deliver through 
the episodes. Don't sweat it. But the the basic theme is that history is large and mice are small. There there are times when we're talking about the inevitability of, of world events, uh, and there are times when we're talking about how funny it is when the mice put on fake mustaches to sneak by people, uh, it and everything in between. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. I'm really proud of it, and I'm really happy that it is uh, uh, coming to a close in the way I always wanted it to, and for a while was afraid that we wouldn't get to. <laughs> but you did it. But we did it. And I'll be on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Post pictures of my dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's about it. I don't have any exciting news. <laughs> so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sax Archie, I think it's time for a hard reboot. <laughs>